All right, guys, I'm going to shotgun the last sandwich. Is that all good? So what is the best way of attacking zombies from a vehicle? Well, it's always best to keep moving. So you need a driver, you need a gunner. Right, okay, so when we're talking a gunner, are we talking riding shotgun in the passenger seat? You can ride shotgun, there's nothing wrong with that. We're going out to dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, uh, taking everybody, and I think that's our bus. I call shotgun! Hey, Bill, did anyone shotgun the last beer? If not, it's mine. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. G'day you mob, what's going on? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. I hope you're having a killer week. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're studying hard. I hope you're staying safe, you know, indoors away from people with COVID. And I hope that your families and friends are all safe. Hopefully, this uh, pandemic, epidemic is all going to be over soon enough. I mean, it's, yeah, it seems to be uh, hitting a second wave in, in Victoria at the moment where I live. But, um, but who knows? Anyway, guys. Welcome to Aussie English. This is the Aussie English podcast, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. If it is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're a long-time listener, welcome back. It's great to have you here again. Remember, guys, if you want access to the transcripts and the downloads for all of these different podcast episodes, as well as the premium podcast player that plays the text on your phones, computers, and tablets whilst you listen to these episodes, you can get access to that stuff when you sign up to the premium podcast at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want access to all of my courses, you can get them at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash courses, where you'll get the Australian pronunciation course, the real English discussion course designed to help people really improve their listening comprehension of Australian English whilst learning about Australian facts, current affairs, and history with discussions with me and my dad. There is also a phrasal verb course there and a spoken English course that focuses on contractions and how spoken English sounds different from how it's written. And finally, if you're an advanced student really working hard to take your English to the next level, join the Academy guys at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash Academy. This is an online academy where you will get hundreds of courses that are paired with these sorts of podcast episodes so that you can learn on a regular basis and practice things like pronunciation, vocab, expressions, and also join the regular three weekly 30-minute speaking calls with English teacher Ian. So, with the spiel aside, guys, let's get into today's episode and start with a joke. All right, so the joke is, where do gun owners go to get their ammo? Where do gun owners go to get their ammo, right? And ammo is a shortened slang term for the word ammunition, the bullets that you would put in a gun. That is ammo, ammunition, ammo. So, where do people go to get their ammo? Where do gun owners go to get their ammo? They go to Amazon. (laughs) 
get it? Amazon. Although, to be honest, I think Amazon probably doesn't sell bullets. Maybe in America. I don't know if they sell bullets or or, or guns. But that's the joke, guys, right? Where do people go? Where do gun owners go to get their ammo? They go to Amazon, right? Play on words with the word Amazon. God, I love Amazon. So, today's expression, guys, is to shotgun something. Mm, To shotgun something. We'll go through the definition of the words of this expression first and the expression origin, and then we'll go through some examples. We'll talk about uh, some pronunciation stuff and then an Aussie fact and we'll finish up. But okay, start with the definitions. So, a shotgun. This is a smooth bore gun for firing small shot at short range. So, these are the kinds of guns that are used for hunting ducks or birds, or they could be used for protection. You know, police can sometimes have shotguns in places like the US. And it tends to be that gun that you'll see in movies that makes that typical sound when people are loading the bullets into the chamber by cocking the gun, right? That's a shotgun. So, that's the noun. But we can use shotgun to shotgun something as a verb. So, this is where you reserve the front passenger seat of a vehicle. So, you reserve something. I shotgun the front seat or I shotgun the last lamington, right? I reserve it for me. And that's effectively the definition of the phrase to shotgun something, right? It's it's originally from something like call shotgun where you are reserving the front passenger seat of a car. So, if you see the car, you come outside, you say shotgun or I call shotgun or I shotgun the front seat. And if you're the passenger, it means that you get to sit in the front of the car. The last little thing I want to touch on before we go through the origin of the expression here is that to shotgun something can also be to scull a beer in Australia. So, if you shotgun a beer, it's like you crack the beer open and you drink it all in a single go, you know, without taking multiple swigs, multiple mouthfuls. You scull it, you shotgun the beer. So, It's an interesting origin for this expression shotgun, right? Because it doesn't really make much sense if you think about it literally, you know? Why does saying the word shotgun mean that you get to reserve the front seat of a car? The term shotgun refers to a period back in the old Wild West days in the US when a person would have to sit next to the driver of a wagon, right? The wooden carriage with horses at the front. They would sit next to the driver holding a shotgun in order to protect them from highway robbers, thieves that would come out with weapons, hold up the stagecoach, hold up the wagon, say, you know, put your hands in the air and give us all of your money, give us all of your jewellery, whatever it is that you have here. So, they would have someone riding there holding a shotgun as a way of protecting the carriage or the driver. And so, if you call shotgun, you're calling that position sitting next to the driver as where you want to sit in a car right? I shotgun the front seat. I shotgun it. But it's later become used to to refer to anything. I reserve that thing. If I see that thing, it is all mine, right? So, we'll go through some examples. Usually, the rules for shotgun, especially in terms of sitting in a front car seat, are that the shotgunner, the person calling shotgun, needs to be in clear sight of the car. So, they have to be able to see the car. 
and the shotgun can be called regardless of whether or not the driver is in sight of the car, okay? So, you can't call shotgun if you can't see the car. And it's kind of the same thing for reserving food or the last, you know, book that you would want or a camera, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to say, this last one is mine. Usually, the rules sort of informally unofficially are that you need to be able to see the thing before you say, you know, shotgun, before you reserve it. So, let's go through some examples and hopefully this will become clearer and easier for you guys to understand. So, imagine that you're a young kid and you're going camping with your sister, your mother and your father. So, this is something that I used to do back in the day when I was a little nipper. When I was a little kid, um, my parents would take me camping with my sister. So, you've packed the car with your family's tent, with food for the trip, with the clothes, the toiletries and any other gear and paraphernalia that you might need whilst you go camping. You know, maybe your hunting rifle or shotgun or maybe your fishing rods. And you're just doing the last little once over inside to make sure that you guys haven't forgotten anything else. And so, you and the rest of the family then go out and get into the car to leave. And as you go outside the house, you might turn to look at the car first and yell, shotgun. Or you might say, I call shotgun or I shotgun the front seat. However, your mother might say, too bad, kids sit in the back. Shotgun rules don't apply here today. You know, bugger. Better luck next time. Example number two. Imagine you're at a party with your family. Say you are celebrating your grandmother's 90th birthday, right? She's lived a a good innings, a very long life. She's gotten to 90 years old and you're at her house um, celebrating her birthday. So, everyone in the family's cooked up a dish to bring and then eat at the party. And your mum's cooked up your favourite treat, which are her special Anzac biscuits. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Anzac biscuit is a sweet biscuit popular in places like Australia and New Zealand, made from rolled oats, flour, sugar, butter, gold syrup, baking soda, boiling water, and desiccated coconut, right? So, you've stuffed your face with these Anzac biscuits, these Anzac bickies, and you want to go back to have just one more before they're all gone. But as you go back, you notice that there's only one left, right? There's just one remaining. So, to try and shout out that it's all yours before you can actually get close enough to grab the biscuit, to grab the bicky, you yell out, I shotgunned the last Anzac biscuit. It's mine. I shotgunned it. I've shotgunned it. But just before you get to it, your nana might appear and pluck the biscuit up in her hands and say, sorry, Sonny, I shotgunned it first. It's my birthday. It's all mine. I shotgunned it. The last example here, guys, is another example of rivalry between my sister and I. So, when we were kids, we used to go to my grandparents' log cabin on their farm near Bendigo. It's located on a farm. There's no electricity. It's relatively isolated and it's a peaceful place. So, there are sheep on the farm. There's dams that you can go and swim in, although they're pretty muddy and and cold. And it used to kind of freak me out that you couldn't see the bottom. And they had yabbies in the dams. That was sort of freaky as well. I was always worried that these yabbies, right, like a freshwater crayfish, would um, pinch my uh, toes. So, I was always like, ooh, be careful. So, you're at the farm and you're, you know, you're inside the cabin. There's a huge fireplace to keep the place warm. I remember that every time we used to arrive there, my sister and I would run inside to the bunk room where the bedroom was, you know, there would be bunks in the bedroom where you have one bed on top of another bed. And we always fought over who could get the top bunk, 
I don't know. I don't know why we preferred the top bunk, but for whatever reason, we did. So, one of us might jump out of the car the moment we arrive at the farm and yell, I shotgun the top bunk. I shotgun it. But the other one might complain that you're cheating because you can't see the bunks yet. So, you have to race inside before you can shotgun the bunk, right? To shotgun it. So, remember, guys, there the verb, if you shotgun something, it can be to reserve the front passenger seat of a vehicle or it can just be to reserve anything, usually the last of something, right? I shotgun this thing. I shotgun the front seat of the car. So, as usual, let's have a listen again to some of these examples and see if you can understand the context where the expression to shotgun something is being used. All right, guys, I'm going to shotgun the last sandwich. Is that all good? So, what is the best way of attacking zombies from a vehicle? Well, it's always best to keep moving. So, you need a driver, you need a gunner. Right, okay. So, when we're talking a gunner, are we talking riding shotgun in the passenger seat? You can ride shotgun. There's nothing wrong with that. We're going out to dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, uh, taking everybody, and I think that's our bus. I call shotgun! Hey, Bill, did anyone shotgun the last beer? If not, it's mine. All right. Good job. Now, let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise where you guys can practice your pronunciation, right? It's all about helping you mimic the way that I speak, the pronunciation I use, my intonation, everything like that. And don't forget too, if you want to go deeper into the Australian accent and reducing your foreign accent and sounding more like an Australian, learning all of the different sounds in Australian English and getting used to the minimal pairs, right? Being able to pick apart those different sounds like can and can't. Go and check out the Aussie English pronunciation course. Again, www.aussieenglish.com.au forward slash courses. So, let's get into it. Shot. Shotgun. Shotgun something. Shotgun something. Shotgun something. Shotgun something. Shotgun something. I shotgun the front seat. You shotgun the front seat. He shotguns the front seat. She shotguns the front seat. We shotgun the front seat. They shotgun the front seat. It shotguns the front seat. Good job, guys. Now, it's an interesting thing. I I wouldn't mind um, just bringing this up quickly. The T's in that sentence, especially the last one, it shotguns the front seat. You can actually, potentially, depending on the pronunciation, not hear a single T, a T-T-T sound being made. It shotguns the front seat. That is a possible way of saying that sentence. And the reason for that is every single one of those T's is not followed by a vowel sound. You know, it shotguns, it shotguns the front seat. 
So, that is an advanced aspect of pronunciation in English where we are muting those T's when they are followed either by a consonant sound or by no sound at all. It shotguns the front seat. Well, I actually did say it at the end there, so that can happen too at times. But that's something to pay attention to with consonants, plosive consonants like T, K, P, G, and B. Those can be muted if they're followed by another consonant sound or no sound at all in English, okay? It shotguns the front seat. So, let's get into the Aussie English fact and then finish up, guys. So, today I thought we could talk about Australian bush rangers. Outlaws who could be highwaymen who committed highway robbery and often used the phrase stand and deliver whilst holding a shotgun. So, in the early years following the European settlement of Australia, the term bushranger simply meant a person who had the survival skills required to live in the Australian bush, right? To range in the bush, to be a bush ranger. Eventually, the term changed to refer to any man and on rare occasions, woman, who had abandoned all social rights and privileges to take up robbery under arms as their chosen way of life, their way of living, their way of earning a crust. And they often lived in the bush as a way of avoiding the authorities. Many of these bush rangers ended up gaining notoriety in their usually short lifetimes, some even obtaining folk hero status such as Ben Hall and Ned Kelly. The term is now often paired with an aura of glamour in songs, legends, and films. Both in the Bushranger epoch and today, whether Bushrangers were heroes or villains, often depended on your point of view, and usually this was tied to your economic or social status. They could often be seen as unfortunate victims of hard economic times where persecution from the authorities drove them to crime or as glorified highway robbers and often murderers who took to the roads as an easier way to eke out a living compared to a hard day's work. The earliest bushrangers were usually British convicts who'd made their escape from assigned service in the early Australian penal colonies of Van Diemen's Land and New South Wales. They had very little respect for the rights of others and had nothing to lose from robbery or even murder, often depriving travellers and settlers of any money, horses, food, guns or clothing they might have in their possession. Despite being greatly feared, many of these convict escapees had very limited chances of survival in the Australian bush and few lived very long in freedom. If they didn't die of things like exposure, starvation or sickness, they were killed by the local indigenous people or ended up being recaptured by the police or landowners who might have either killed them outright on the spot for being bushrangers or let them face justice at the end of a hangman's noose. Bushranging entered its glorious heyday during the gold rush period in the 1850s when large amounts of gold were found in parts of Victoria and New South Wales. Many of these outlaws jumped on this lucrative opportunity to ambush and rob any gold shipments that might cross their paths. They would also raid any wealthy squatters who had properties near the large gold towns like Bendigo, Ballarat and Bathurst. The police of the day, at least those who remained and hadn't ditched their nine to five in order to try and make it rich in the gold fields themselves, were either corrupt, disorganised incompetent or a mixture of all these traits and had very little hope of subduing the bushranger threat. 
This second wave of bushrangers, having grown up in the Australian bush as the children of convicts, were now considerably more at home in their surroundings than their convict predecessors. They were usually native-born, currency lads and lasses, the children of free poor settlers who combined a hatred and contempt of authority with a spirit of reckless adventure. No one knows the exact number of bushrangers that existed, but at any given time, there were probably in the order of several hundred active bushrangers across the Australian colonies. Some were motivated by social injustice, while others were simply eager to acquire notoriety or driven by greed, though very few ever achieved the riches that could have enabled them to escape their circumstances. In reality, most didn't survive more than a few years as outlaws. Bushrangers like Mad Dan Morgan were ruthless, vicious murderers, whilst others like Captain Moonlight or Captain Thunderbolt were admired for their reckless, gallant and daring treatment of women and given romantic names to reflect that fact. By the end of the 19th century, in the 1880s, the last of the bushrangers had all but vanished. The majority had died by violence at a very young age, often in their 20s, and those who didn't get shot by the police were usually hanged by the authorities. The most notorious names that stand out from the crowd include Frank Gardner, Ben Hall, Fred Ward, and the biggest of them all, Ned Kelly, who went on to become Australia's unofficial folk hero. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you stay safe and sound, and I will see you next time. Peace. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon. Bye.